0: All right, good morning, we'll start making, it is, listen, it is so empty now, because all of those children left, and you know, I was thinking about it, I asked Miss Haley right before she walked out, how many people are going to kids' camp? Now, with leaders and kids, they have 52 people at kids' camp. Is that not, praise God, that is, listen, that is such a wonderful thing. I wanna tell you, don't ever think for a minute that kids' camp is just something for our kids. We have so many kids who come who have been a part of our Awanas program, kids who are from family Christian school, friends, cousins, relatives of kids in our church who are going to kids camp. This is not something that's just these kids that were up here this morning. It is an outreach and a ministry to so many kids who are going to be so filled with the presence of God this week. I overheard my son talking to Eli about camp from last year, and Jack said, you remember last year that Tuesday night that was that special night? And it just touched me because I realized they don't really have fully words to put it into what it means yet. But they remembered that last year, Tuesday night, was that special night. It was that night where they really encountered the presence of God as little children. And that is such a wonderful thing. So y'all be praying for Miss Haley this week. Because I don't know if you know this, but according to Leo, the whole camp is just Miss Haley. He said that at kids camp, he said they really are just playing until Miss Haley decides she wants to do something. So, yeah. So, in his mind, that's how kids' camp works. And he told me that also they eat Miss Haley's cereal every morning. So, he thinks that it's all Miss Haley's cereal that they're eating. So, she's going to need a double portion this week to be running camp. Y'all just pray for her. We leave for Youth America on June the 6th. And let me tell you, I really need some prayers on this. Um, <laughs> And not for the normal reason. I'm taking a great group of kids. I'm not worried about that. But um, we rent a van every year, 12-passenger van we rent every year. Uh, I've done it for about 15 years (laughs) going to camps. We've always rented vans. I called to rent one this year. Every rental van has been recalled. All budget, every car rental place. Don't think I called Memphis, Nashville, every little place. The the vans that they rent out have a seatbelt issue. They have all been recalled there are no vans to rent. So, I need some prayers. I am calling in favors. If you happen to have one, and you would like to share it with uh, the youth for a week, or you got an idea, I will take any suggestion you can. We got favors and stuff. I know God is going to provide, um, but I know that I'm not the only youth pastor in this boat. My friends down at City Fellowship, they're going the same week as us. They're in the same boat. We are trying to track down vans. So we need some extra prayers for that. And also, it costs money to send our kids to camp. We're not going to take up a, a love offering or anything like that today. But if you are able or be interested in helping to sponsor a kid to go to youth camp or kids camp, we don't want any. Anybody to not go, every kid that wants to go is going to camp, and we know that God will provide the resources for it. And so, if you would like to help sponsor one of them, uh, you can do that. You can let Mr. Dan know or let me know, and we can help you get that squared away. But we're going to get into the Word today. I'm so excited. Today to preach. I love getting to preach at my home church, my church, my people who've known me all my life. I love the opportunity to get here and be able to just share my heart with you. Next gen Sunday, though, always falls um, during the busiest period of the year for me. It's so funny. I'm a teacher. The end of the school year is the busiest time of year, right? We've got graduation and report cards and closing up classrooms and stuff like that. And so it's always the busiest time of year for me. And I always feel like I'm struggling, like I told my husband last night, it's really just going to be the Holy Spirit. He's just going to have to tell me what to say and what to do. And sometimes that's really the best way for it to be, right? So we aren't laboring in our flesh over what God wants us to say. We just have to really rely on Him. And I feel like this is just a word that He's giving me. It has no title because I couldn't come up with one. So if you have one by the end of service, if you'll let Curtis know so that he can put that on the website because right now it has no title. But we're going to get straight into the word today in Ecclesiastes chapter 47. I've had the privilege this year of taking a class on um, Ecclesiastes 47. No, I said that wrong. Ezekiel. There's no Ecclesiastes. It, there's no Ecclesiastes 47. Ezekiel 47 is what I mean. See, I'm telling y'all, busy time of year. I'm getting everything twisted. I have had the privilege this year of taking a class on the Old Testament, and I have to be honest, the Old Testament wasn't always my favorite growing up because, I don't know, if you ever thumb through Lamentations, it's not really like a pleasure reading. And so the Old Testament hasn't always been my favorite, but God has really opened my heart to what the Old Testament is and its significance in our life. And so we're going to dive into Ezekiel 47 here. They're going to put these verses on. Um, this, on the screen. It's a, a little bit of a long passage, but just bear with me as we read through this. This is a, a prophetic thing that's taking place. Ezekiel is sharing prophecy with the people. It says, "...the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar." He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east, and the water was flowing from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through the water that was ankle deep. He then measured off another thousand cubits and led me through the water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through the water that was up to the waist. He measured off another thousand, and now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah or the Jordan Valley, where it enters the sea. When it empties into the sea, the water there becomes fresh. Swarms of creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because the water flows where where it makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Say that with me. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from Engedi spreading to Engolam. And there will be places of spreading nets. The fish will be many kinds like the fish of the great sea. But the swamps and marshes will not become fresh; they will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both the banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fr- nor will their fruit fail every month. they will bear because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing let 's pray over the word today, God, I just pray that you would illuminate your word for us today that Lord, you would just help us to find truth and life-giving revelation in your word, that you would bless us as we come in. Help us to have ears to hear and guide my words. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. I've had a respiratory infection all week, too. I've been praying that God would just help me have a voice. So if I sound a little um, off today, (coughs) that is why. But I want to talk about this passage of Scripture, and you may be like, awesome. So there was something about a temple and some water, and it's going everywhere. What does that have to do with my life? Well, we're going to get into that. How many of you ha- know somebody who have heard that phrase, they ooze personality? Anybody like that? My six-year-old oozes personality. He is just, uh, he just has this presence to him. I mean, he is quick-witted. He says things that surprise us. Um, he just oozes Leo You know, there's just something to him. And there are people that ooze confidence, right? We know people who just ooze confidence. They're just, we're around them. You can feel their confidence. What about people who ooze arrogance? (laughs) We know some people who are oozing some things we would like for them to not ooze, right? There are just people who it just seems like that their body can't contain them. Their presence just kind of. Goes out of them, right, and it 's so easy to see in children, especially because they haven 't learned to restrain it yet, you know what I mean like they can 't restrain it. Uh, Little Macon is one of my favorites in this world. He is just wide open he has has this personality that 's just out there, you know, and he is just the sweetest kid in the world. He oozes love and fire all at the same time. He got in trouble at school last week i 'm going to tell on him because well he 's three, and he won 't know I did, but he got in trouble at school, and he came up to me, and I was leaning down, and I said, "Macon, you cannot do that. Do you understand me? Do you want to have to come to the office no and i said okay macon you 're going to behave." He said, "Your shirt is really pretty." <laughs> <laughs> and I just looked at him, I mean, what can you say to that? He just, that was it. I mean, it was over at that point. And I just figured he had learned that from his dad, that every time Christy said, Adrian, just stop. And he said, but baby, you look really pretty today. It just, right, it just, he knows how to flip it around. But there are just people who, who just, they just have this magnetism. It just seems like there's energy radiating from them, right? And there are people who suck energy from us, and that's never good. But there are people that it just kind of, something is coming out of them. And we see that, and and a lot of times that can be a good thing, and sometimes it can be a bad thing. But I, I don't know about you, but there are times when, you know, you see people like that, and like, you know, maybe you see a preacher on television or which not not all preachers on television are using real good stuff, but you see people in the community or or they just, they seem to have something, right? They're doing something. You see people that are doing great things and they're making differences. And man, I I just wish I could be significant like that, right? We see these people who are making changes and there's such a significance to their life. They're really doing something and, and we can really want that in our lives. But a lot of times, our lives really can feel insignificant, right? Because our jobs are dead end. Anybody ever had a dead end job? Felt like (laughs) you were in a dead end job? Uh, Our bills are plenty, and that is requiring all of our resources. How many times have we wanted to be generous, wanted to give, and we felt limited? And like, I mean... I can't give, right? Like, I want to be able to bless somebody. I would love to be able to do this, but I don't have it. I'm just, my resources are insignificant. What I have to give is insignificant. We're just getting through. Anybody feel like you're just getting through sometimes? Anybody feel like you don't ever really even get to get out of your house? So it's hard to imagine how you could impact somebody's life when you're just blowing through from one place to another, you know, running in, running out, running here, running there. And by the time you're home, it's like, I I don't even know if I saw anyone's face today. It's all been a blur. But it doesn't, our life doesn't have to look a certain way to be significant. We don't have to feel a certain way to be significant. There's a significance to us and I want you to think about this passage of Scripture. One of the amazing things that I'm learning more and more about the Old Testament is that the Old Testament is the story of Jesus. It's the gospel. It's, being, it's pointing. It's all pointing in this direction, right? So when you're reading the Old Testament and you're reading about Israel, you're reading about yourself. And when you're reading the Old Testament and you're leaning and, and hearing about sacrifices, you're reading about Jesus, And his sacrifice for us. And so it's all pointing to Jesus and to his story. And so when we read a story like this prophecy that Ezekiel is giving, where he's talking about this water coming out from under a temple, and then he spends the whole next chapter lining out the size and cubits of a temple, and you can be like, how does that apply to my life? What you need to remember is that there is nothing insignificant in the details that God provides So if God was so concerned enough to be detailed about how many cubits around the temple needed to be, then there's a reason that you are where you are. There's a significance to your placement, your place, and your purpose. God doesn't do things haphazardly. Everything that he does has significance to it. In John chapter 7 Verses 32, I mean, sorry, 37, it says, On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. For whoever believes in me, the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. Streams of living water will flow from within him. You know what's really crazy about this? We kind of have an understanding of what the Spirit of God is because we live in a time with the Holy Spirit. But see, when Jesus was telling people this, the Holy Spirit hadn't come yet. They had no idea what he was talking about. What does it mean that streams of living water would come from within them? They had no concept of what that would mean. But we live in a life that we have the spirit of the living God living where? Inside of us. And so we can understand what the scripture means. So I want you to begin to think for a minute about what it said in this passage in Ezekiel as it is talking about that he saw this man was showing him that the temple was there and there was a river, not just a stream, not a fountain. This is not a water feature, okay? Okay. It's not a water feature, little trickling brook here. It says a river was flowing out from the temple. And then it begins to describe what that river is doing. And I had you repeat something to me. There are two main things that the river does, and I want you to begin to think about your life. Because remember, it says streams of living water are going to come from where? From you. It says where the river flows, everything will live. It says, to see, what happens is this fresh water is flowing into the salty water, and it's making the salty water fresh. And it begins to talk about the fish that will be living there. It will be full of fish. There's life inside of you. And it says there's still going to be swamps and marshes. And let me tell you something. We can't change everything. Wouldn't that be super awesome if we could? Right? Like if I could add an extra zero To my bank account balance would be super awesome I can't change everything I can't change every work environment we can't fix every person some people need Jesus and they need him to like I don't know possibly run over them a couple times right we can't change everything there are going to be swamps there are going to be marshes there are going to be people that we can't do anything about And there are going to be situations that are beyond our reach as an individual. That's okay. We know that. But what we have to realize is that if there's streams of living water living inside of us, that that water is meant to bring life. And I can't change everything, but by God, I can bring life to a place. I can bring life with my words, with my actions, with my disposition, How many of you know that a disposition changes things? I mean, it just does. If somebody's walking around in a bad mood, gosh, it just changes things. I mean, nobody likes to be around somebody who's a Debbie Downer, right? Just wah, wah, wah all the time. I mean, everything you say, they're like, well, you know, if so-and-so gets elected right we don't even have to fill in it doesn't matter which one you put in the blank it's still if so-and-so gets elected I mean it's just Debbie Downer everybody is just listen this world is salty all the teenagers got that one it is salty and there are salty people But you have streams of living, fresh water inside of you. And if you will begin to unlock that source of fresh water inside of you, then you can begin to dilute the saltiness. Right? You can go in and change an environment with your disposition. Not with your platform. Not with your Facebook post. But with your presence. Because the spirit of the Lord lives inside of you. See, there had to be detailed plans in the Old Testament about how to build a temple. And that was because the temple was where the presence of the Lord was going to reside. There had to be specific specifications because this was the holy place, right? It had to be detailed. But we don't have to build a place for the presence of the Lord to live because he built it in you. You were built to his specifications. You were built according to his plan and purpose. You were made to be a dwelling place of the streams of living water. It says, he said, if anyone is thirsty, have them come to me and they will drink. And as the scripture says, those who believe will have living water coming out of them. Listen, if we expect people to have to come to church to get living water, we're, we're messing something up. It's about them having to realize that our life is living water. And we can change that situation. We can change that environment. Listen, let me tell you, it's hard sometimes to change the situation. Sometimes we need to stop and realize maybe we are being salty. <laughs> Maybe we need to unlock the living water inside of us so it can wash the salt out of our own presence, (laughs) right? Because let me tell you something. You can get real salty about things, and then all of a sudden you remember how good God is, and it puts things into perspective really quickly. I was talking with a friend at lunch this past week, and we were talking about some of the great things that God is doing and some of the things that people are facing, and we were talking about how that puts... Our stuff in perspective, right? About how we are struggling, maybe with just being frustrated at work or, you know, frustrated with our family, our finances, different things going on. We're, we're frustrated, right? But then we begin to realize what people are facing and how good God is. And man, it puts things into perspective. I have my dearest friend in the world. She was my maid of honor. I was hers. She lives in Texas. We went to college together. A couple weeks ago, she texted me and said, hey, can I give you a call? And sure, you know, we've been friends for a long time. And unfortunately, that means we don't talk as often as we should. And she called me. I was so excited to hear from her. Hey, how are you doing? How are the kids? She said, good. But listen, um, I found a spot on my leg, and um, they biopsied it, and it's malignant melanoma. Malignant melanoma is what cost the life of her 28-year-old cousin several years ago. There is no cure for malignant melanoma. She's my age. She has two small children. And she said, "Um, I'm calling my uh, charismatic friend to have you pray. (laughs) And I said, you know I will. And I just began to pray, and God, it was just like, oh, the heaviness that was on me, right? You know, just, I mean, she's got two young children. This is not fair. Of course, it really put perspective really quickly what I was frustrated about that day as I began to pray for her and believe and see God. And then she went in and had a procedure done to remove a lymph node and and take that whole area out. And when she called me and said that the cancer had not metastasized to any area, that it had not spread and the lymph nodes were benign and there was no sign of cancer in her body, let me tell you something. God is good, and I need to let his presence wash my saltiness out, and I need to let some living water flow out of me because he's good. And I can be reminded of that. That same week, my uncle, who has been battling brain cancer, brain cancer, there's no cure for these kind of things. And last year, he believed that he was taking as He said his last stroll down the block. But God opened up a new medication right at the right time. And do you realize now, he posted that same week that I found out that Jennifer's cancer was gone. He said, I walked a mile today. Last year, this same time, I thought I had taken my last stroll around the block I'm telling you that no matter what anybody tells me God still does things his prayer our prayers matter we are touching heaven there is living water inside of you we cannot be Debbie Downers when someone is facing a challenge in their life we can't be like oh well that sucks oh I don't know what they're gonna do no what is inside of you Living water. And it says that where the living water pours out into the salty water, that it will become fresh and that there will be so many fish that they will be able to put out their nets and catch the fish. There is a harvest of life that needs your fresh water to pour into it and bring it life. But you got to pour it out and realize what's inside of you. you got to let it come in through you. Let me tell you something, we've got to get rid of being salty. The other part of the scripture in Ezekiel, it says, it begins to talk about the river and the trees along the side. And it says that they will begin to bear fruit every month and that their leaves will have healing in them. Here's the second thing about the river is that there is no barrenness at the river. There is no barrenness at a river. You don't see dried out plants the river, right? It's always lush and green. That's why when you have an oasis in the middle of the desert, it can be desert all around. But if there is an oasis, there's this pocket of green because there's life there. Listen, people in our world are starving for nourishment. I mean, all we hear is negativity. That's all we hear. There is not anything positive that the world's putting out. Even the positive things are being put out have a spin on them to make it negative about something else that happened. Everything is negative. And we have people who are just starving for something good. And they're in pain, and they need healing. And there is living water inside of you, and your life will not have barrenness in it. Barrenness means unable to produce fruit. But when you have living water inside of you, there is no barrenness. And that means when people are next to you, they don't get to be hopeless because you're hopeful. When people are next to you, they don't get to be distraught because you are full of faith. They don't have to suffer and be in pain because your leaves have healing in them. And for a moment, you can provide healing to them. You may not be able to fix everything that is wrong, but you can be soothing to their soul. There is not barrenness in you. And listen, I want to tell you, if you're facing a time where you feel dry and worn out or you have feel so battle-scarred and battle-worn that you just feel wounded, let me tell you something. No person is going to be able to come and fix that for you, but you need to realize that you have a source of healing inside of you. The presence of the Lord is inside of you, and he can provide healing to your soul. And he can provide healing to those around you. You don't know how many people need to just have someone be kind to them. We live in an angry and unkind world. People get ticked off about everything. Everything that happens is a huge problem. I mean... Most of the time, we know there's nothing we can do about it. It wasn't that person's fault. They didn't set out today to make your life difficult. But you know what? We can be a soothing balm to this world. It's amazing how quickly you can diffuse a fire if you just speak peacefully. If you will just allow yourself to have a living water come through you. People are starving and in pain. You may be starving and in pain, but there is food and there is healing in the living water that is coming from you. Get in it. Ezekiel finishes this book in chapter 48 by talking about the temple specifically. He gives all of these outlines for the temple. And and like I said, we have to remember that the Old Testament is significant because it's pointing to the New Testament. It's telling the story of the need for the gospel. It's laying things out. Jesus was very clear in everything that he did, man. He knew and referenced the Old Testament and the teachings of the Old Testament to show and illustrate to people that he was who he said he was. And so when Ezekiel maps out this whole thing about the temple and all of this stuff, there's significance, and here's the significance. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, it says, Do you know that you, you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit lives in you? You yourselves are God's temple and God's Spirit lives in you. We take this for granted too much, Right? We forget sometimes that our lives are holy. That they were paid for with a price. And that when God looks at us, he sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ on us. That the blood of Jesus Christ covers us. We are the temple of God. We have got to realize that everywhere we go, we are carrying with us the dwelling place of the Holy of Holies. God inside of us. When Ezekiel finished talking about the temple in the very last verse, he says, and the name of the city from that time on will be Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. Now he was talking about Jerusalem, but he said the name of that temple, the name of that city shall forever be Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. I found this great quote from Charles Spurgeon. It's easy. Wheresoever the chosen of God, lift up holy hands and worship him, whether it be in a cathedral or in a barn, beneath the blue sky, or beneath a thatched roof. Anywhere and everywhere, when the heart is right and the soul adores the living Lord, there is a special glory of that place, that Jehovah Shammah, the Lord, is there. The Lord is there. And look, life can overwhelm us. I'm being honest with you. I turned 34 on May 27th which is pretty amazing because my mom is only 42. And let's see earned points right there. <laughs> but I turned 34 on May 27th. To say that 33 was a difficult year for me would be a little bit of an understatement. This has probably been one of my most difficult years personally as an individual. I've just been really overwhelmed. Like saturated. <laughs> Felt a little bit like I was treading water all the time. Just overwhelmed by life. And I began to realize that a lot of us, life can overwhelm us and it can get ahead of us. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel really small in the scope of the world's problems, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I mean, the world's problems are huge, and I am small. And I am insignificant, and I do not have the resources that other people may have. And I I don't have the influence that other people may have. And, I I mean, what what can I do? I I mean, I'm struggling just to get through my day, right? How am I supposed to help anybody else get through their day? (laughs) Like, I'm doing good to make sure my two children is alive. (laughs) Some days that's a bigger struggle than others (laughs) with two boys. It can be overwhelming. Life can, it just gets that way. But we have to remember who we are. We're the temple of God and rivers of life throw flow through us. We cannot fix everything. <laughs> but we can bring life and nourishment and healing to the world we have around us. I can't go out and fix every pl- problem, right? I can't run for president I think I'd make a pretty good one just kidding I can't fix every problem and let me tell you something it don't matter who gets elected any year any election that's not gonna fix all the problems either right Jesus ain't running for president folks we can't fix every problem But we can have an impact on the banks of trees that our life is flowing through. And we can have an impact on that water where we are flowing into. You flow every day into your job. You flow every day into your family. You every day are passing people on your right and on your left. You are passing trees that are starving. And they may look healthy, but their roots are parched. And you're walking right through their life. And if you would begin to realize that there's living water inside of you, you could begin to have an impact on every person that you come in contact with, including your children and your family, including the members of your church, including every person who checks you out, including the barista who spells your name crazy at Starbucks. You can have an impact on every person if you would just realize what Jesus said said about you. It said the water was so deep that he walked out ankle deep and then knee deep and then waist deep and then the water was so deep that he had to swim through it. He could not cross it and he said son of man do you see? Do you see? Today I want you to really look at yourself. Do you see? I can't go out here and fix All the things going on in the world, but I can't get distraught about it either. I can't live in fear. Let me tell you something. Fear and love cannot coexist. They cannot coexist. And this is a hard thing to reconcile, especially when you're raising children in this world and in this time. But love and fear cannot coexist. It says perfect love casts out fear. We have to live in love, and we have to unlock the source of life that is inside of us. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. He is here in you. There is living water in you. So do not for a moment think that your life is insignificant, Do not for a moment let this world and this life and its problems overwhelm you at all. You are significant. There's a temple and there's a river. You are that temple and that river of living water is flowing out from you. You have a choice if you're going to spread it out. Wash away some of the saltiness. There's some people when you go up to them and you begin to speak to them and they're short with you and they are maybe ugly with you and you can think, well, what did I do to you? Well, you may not have done anything to them, but the 10 people in front of you may have absolutely land blasted them and stripped them of their dignity and their pride and the work that they are doing and may have made them feel so wounded and so hurt that if you will just say, you're doing great, thank you so much, for this Coke that doesn't have any fizz and not enough ice, but thank you. <laughs> you are doing a great job. You're significant. I hope your day gets better. Let that living water come out of you everywhere you go. I want to pray for you today. I, I was hoping I would preach quick. We're going to get out of here like way before noon. All the parents who still haven't packed for kids can say, what, what? That's me, folks. I have not packed for kids camp. <laughs> but listen, we're going to get out of here today, and I just want you to go out here with a renewed sense of your significance and your place And let me tell you something today. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you have never taken that step to ask the Savior of this world, the source of life and living water, if you have never taken that step to ask him to come in to your life to forgive you and restore you and fill you up with living water so that you truly can wash away the saltiness and the pain and the hurt in your own life, I want you to know that that salvation is here for you it is free it does not require that you make a checklist off and get everything right before you take it it does not um, require that you do anything except say god i need you forgive me you're my savior and i need you today i never want to miss that opportunity to say i want you to know jesus christ is your savior Because as I said, this has been probably one of the most overwhelming years of my life to me as an individual. But I have (coughs) never felt alone and I've never felt lost because I know that I have a Savior who loves me. That my salvation, my future, my home is not in this world. That it is secure in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that I can make it through anything because he is with me. So today, if you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, or if you've been on kind of a bridge between where you're supposed to be and where you need to be and all those good things in between, today I challenge you to make a commitment to accept the free and loving gift of salvation in your life, to move forward with God, You don't have to know all the answers. You just got to get started and get in. Ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep. Walk out into the grace and love of Jesus Christ. Let that living water wash over you and heal you and restore you and come to be saved today. I hope all of us can have a moment here today to be reminded of the joy of our salvation. We were once lost, broken, hurt, Covered in grit and grime and the saltiness of this world. But the living water of Jesus Christ washed over us. And the spirit of the Lord came to take residence inside of us. And we can live eternally with him and confident in this world that we are never alone, never forsaken, and we are forgiven. Lord Jesus, I come before you today. I Thank you. For each and every person that is here. God, I thank you that you have built each and every one of us to your specifications. That God, even on our most flawed and imperfect days, we can rest and know that you orchestrated our life. You put us together. And that, Lord, you have a purpose for us. Father, I ask that you begin to open our eyes, that we would begin to see the people in our life who need a dose of fresh water, that we would begin to see and have the words to say to bring healing and love and nourishment to the people in our world that we come across every day, that you would help rivers of living water to flow freely through us, that we would not be overwhelmed by what's going on, but we would realize that we can rest in the confidence of you. <coughs> and Lord, today I pray that if there is any person here who does not have a relationship with you, maybe they have never taken that step or they have walked far away from you, and they need today to have your salvation come close to them, that Lord, today that you would bless them, that you would assure them of your grace and that it is enough for them, that you are significant enough for everything that they have ever done or ever will do, that, Lord, you are their future and you are their past, and today you want to be their friend and you want to love them and fill them with living water and life. I thank you, God, for your place in us. God, help us to remember we are your temple, And there is a river of life flowing from us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen? Amen. Listen, if you would stand and we'll do our benediction today as we head out of here. Say this with me today. Let this be something that we begin to maybe speak over people in our life. If you know somebody who needs this spoken over their life, there are some cards back in the back that have this benediction on it. Take it and begin to pray over them this word. The Lord is blessing you by constantly bringing good into your life. The Lord is keeping you so the care and sacrificial love of Christ poured out on the cross is guarding all that is sacred and precious about you. The Lord is making his face to shine upon you and is gracious to you by having his glory always shine on your life. The Lord is lifting up his countenance upon you by always letting you know that he is fully present and is self-giving to you. The Lord is giving you peace, unthreatened and undisturbed peace. Your soul is feeling its worth and the significance of Christ Jesus as you go today. If you need prayer today, please come forward and someone will meet you for prayer. If you can, please take your chair and take it back to the back as we go. Kids Camp check-in is at between 5 and 6, parents, between 5 and 6.